1: This is Rudy Giuliani. Welcome, America, to the Rudy Giuliani Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know you must be busy with the holiday season fast approaching, and everybody starts thinking about now, and if you're not thinking about now, you better, about Christmas gifts, Hanukkah gifts, and other kinds of seasonal things that we do, preparation for New Year's. What am I going to wear for New Year's? All that stuff. These are good things to think about. I know, I know, I know, I know. There are more important things in the world to think about. I know, what even within your personal life, I'm sure. Uh, and I hope it's not tragedy that there are more important personal things to think about, but there may be illness, poverty, education, whatever. Take a little time out. Take a little time out. If you can't take a little time out for this, You're impossible. You need help. This is the greatest thing that happened in the history of the world, that this little boy was born to the Virgin Mary, transformed our world, gave the world hope. And even with all the the things that we see going on around us, to which I and my colleagues uh, doing our jobs, I believe, honestly contribute, which is to give you a pretty, pretty cynical view of the world so that, so that you have a real view of the world that are not victimized, um, even, even though we contribute to some, in some way to the sense of hopelessness. Um, I hope you realize, you know, when we complete shows and we get to weekends and I try to give you the mayor's thoughts, I'm far from hopeless. I'm filled with hope. I think uh, this is this is part of the process of a nation that is always an, always becoming a more perfect union, that is driven by getting things right, not driven to getting things right because we're perfectionists per se, but because we love people, we love human freedom, we understand that people all contribute better under conditions of protected freedom, and we assure that in our country and where we can and where appropriate we fight for that around the world that's what makes us a great country that that is what makes us the great city on the hill that was spoken of by the pilgrims and reiterated in a great speech by ronald reagan and when we're less than that we're not really americans and when we're contrary to that we're enemies of america even though we may appear to be americans and now today there are voices in both those categories, unsure of the message and opposed to it. And we've got to root that out, locate it, and drive it away, but not by the hammer, the sword, the bat, the knife, and the gun, but by the power of our words and our logic and, oh, yeah, our common sense. Okay? So that's what we try to do here, and that's what we're going to do today. Like all days uh with a little emphasis on uh as we come in toward the end of end of the year okay so let's see let's see what let's see what we've got going on today that can illustrate some of those points. I try hard to either bring up the things that aren't going to be mentioned or bring up the things that are going to be mentioned with as little emphasis on what is really happening as uh, possible so that uh, someone like Joe Biden is uh, allowed to appear like he is somehow a, a healthy human being. I don't know how to describe it. So I think every day we see things like this. It has to jump out at us as to one of the ways we are giving away our generation, or the, uh, giving away the young generation, and that is fentanyl. The uh, Fox News revealed today that fentanyl is now um, stronger than any any concoction of, of, uh, of meth that was ever available, and that it is, to a very large extent, the driver of the homeless crisis. So um, I would say driver is the wrong description. I would say, and I'm not sure this is exactly the right form, but let's stick with the parallelism. It's it's the uh, exaggerator. It's the uh, thing that makes it worse. That is homelessness. Remember, remember uh, this. I can st- quote you these statistics. Because they are so dawn consistent through the years, so uh, you could say of almost any year in uh, in um, in the United States that rough roughly roughly twenty percent of sorry forty uh, percent uh, of the people who are homeless at any given time, particularly during the cold winter months, where it would be hard to be homeless are suffering from mental illness. And you can get even more specific. They're suffering from paranoid schizophrenia. And then another third are suffering from some combination of alcoholism or uh, drug addiction, either one, the other, or both. And then, uh, it used to be 20 percent. That number keeps decreasing so that it could even be in the early double digits and possibly it's pressing single digits. And those are people who just don't have enough money to find a home. So what that would say to you is that the response to it, if, if we had intelligent people seriously interested in resolving drug addiction and not profiting in some way from it, and, and we have more people willing to profit from it than willing to uh, destroy it and save our children, then they would fashion a response that is um, multifaceted. Let's simplify the word. Several prongs to it. You can't just address one part of it without addressing the other because the other will make it worse if you, if you just attack it on the – on on the street level uh you're going to get some of it some of it's going to get through and the big cartels and the big distributors can make even more money because of the scarcity of it and if you just attack them the big cartels and the big money makers even the politicians who are getting payoffs others come along so you really have to have a comprehensive approach a comprehensive approach to it and um what we have in the in, in in the case of the Obama administration is barely a mention of it it 's the single cause largest cause of death of certain uh, uh, you know teenagers young people, and our president you know cares so much about them he doesn 't even mention it but it 's worse than his not mentioning it he 's causing it as he is causing many of our other problems you know we 've had problems before similar to fentanyl. And we had presidents that maybe weren't doing a good job with it. We had presidents that did a good job with it. We never had a president who helped create it. Now, you say to me, oh, Rudy, that's an exaggeration. How could he help create it? It is only at the level that it's at because the south, east and southwestern border is wide open for crossing. Because um, a record number of almost 5 million people have come in since we made the terrible mistake of electing a a mental incompetent with very left-wing ideas to the extent he has ideas as president. But it's also exacerbated by the fact that we all know, although they don't even make an attempt at trying to estimate it or find them, that I would say it's fair to say that almost equal number of people come in undetected during the time the people that are detected come in, because our 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 patrol services are at a breaking point. So they the, the the cartels, the Mexican cartels, which take my word for it, are as sophisticated as the mafia families. Now these are not just small hometown drug operations. They all have representatives, highly sophisticated people, representing them in New in New York and in Lowell, Massachusetts. I pick Lowell um and um some of the cities there because it's a big enclave in, in southern New England because New England is one of the big one of the big consumers of this drug. It was a big consumer of meth, and now meth has taken its place. It's a big consumer of meth. So is the Midwest. Uh probably hits them even more than it hits the East. Our problem with meth, by our I mean, the American cities like New York and Boston and Philadelphia and Chicago, very often is meth gets mixed in with, I mean, I'll say more benign drugs. Now, you know, there, are, I mean, there are gradations of drugs. So we want to be honest with people. It's not as if every single drug has some boomerang, unbelievable effect, and is going to make you, going to make you uh, uh, addicted immediately. On the other hand, there are drugs that do. And fentanyl doesn't just make you addicted. It doesn't matter if you're addicted, it kills you. I mean, every day you hear stories of somebody that either took what they thought was a harmless little taste of marijuana or uh, something similar to it and, and, and is dead because someone mixed it with a slightly too high dose of fentanyl, which, by the way, can be done accidentally very easily. Whereas in other cases, it's very hard to get to that level. So fentanyl is a major killer of decent people around the world. And and, and, and if we're considering that the target here is the addicts, everyone has empathy for the addict. We don't have empathy for the drug dealer, but we have empathy for the addicts. And now they are sitting ducks to a Biden-inspired, created, exacerbated problem called Fentanyl. So when you hear about open borders, think about the fact that among all those people you see there, in the pockets of a number of them is fentanyl, because in their pockets is gold. That's going to make it affordable for them to move up the rackets in New York if they got enough fentanyl sitting in that pocket. Also, please be realistic. Do not be a silly liberal. Don't be a silly out of out of this world. Uh, uh, New York Times, uh, Ivory Tower, moron. When uh, when the guys who run the cartel see a thousand people coming in over the border, they see something that can help their business. And These guys are not silly, navel-gazing liberals. These are smart guys. So they say, oh, boy, we got a thousand coming over. How many do we got to nab? About ten of them. Let's take our 10 best shots. We grab them, we pull them over, and we say to them, you want to go in? Yeah, okay, you got to carry this. Oh, I'm not. (laughs) Then you're not going in. Well, how are you going to stop us? (laughs) We're going to stop you because you're not going to leave here. That's why. See, we're in the the business of killing people. That's what it means to be a Mexican cartel. We're going to make you an offer, as they say, that you can't refuse because you're going to be dead. How are you going to refuse it? or we're going to break your legs, or we're going to take your children and use them for prostitution, or this is what they do. This isn't a game. I mean, that the, the, the mentally de- deranged, deteriorated president in the White House and the silly, peace-loving, uh, so- song-singing liberals surrounding him can't – they can't get to the point of realism to have this conversation that I'm having, which – You know, you can have in almost any police or FBI or DEA uh, station in the the world, except for the ones that, you know, are part of the Biden State Police. So, this is a serious problem that in 22 better be looked at more, uh, I'm sorry, in 23, better be looked at more seriously because every, I mean, 22 was much worse than 21, 21 was much worse than 20, and Trump had made some major, major inroads in cutting down the amount of fentanyl. I know that kept up with those statistics and actually gave a just a teeny bit of advice because my son was on that task force in the the administration, and I'm very proud of the work that they did. Um, I would not say it was like massive amount of time spent on it, but with some time spent on it and some intelligent thought, uh, given to the different way it operates, and then changing your resources to operate that way, and also, I have to say with stay in Mexico, this worked really, really well well we 're going to be back uh, with you very shortly uh, with, uh, with, with uh, a little bit more a little bit more of this and then we 'll move on to a couple of the other subjects that are you know r- ripping us ripping us apart, and of course, then eventually the mayor 's thoughts. America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani back again, uh, and I just, you know, I wasn't going to cover this. I just picked it up, and I saw it, and I said, what the hell has happened to the Democrat Party? Hey, McCarthy wants to get rid of Elon Omar from the Foreign Affairs Committee because every week she comes out with an anti-Semitic statement, right? Let's get the biggest one of all. She wants to starve the state of Israel to death. Yes, sir. She wants to starve the state of Israel to death. That is what support for the boycott is about. It is to destroy the state of Israel so that the Palestinians, who basic training has been to kill Jews and Americans, and uh, kill more people than any group in the world, with the possible exception of the Chinese communists and the reign of terror. She wants them to be in charge of all of that wonderful land of Israel, where I guess they could kill more people and steal more money, because that's all they've shown themselves capable of, as we have given them more and more power. But they're Democrat favorites. So uh, Democrats now in Congress are all upset that McCarthy uh, wants to take her off the Foreign Affairs Committee. And this is uh, very, very uh, confusing to to those of us who aren't involved in not Jewish religion, Jewish politics. But I don't need them to tell – I don't need American Jewish politicians to tell me what's right for the state of Israel or the United States. I can figure that out without them. Because if we follow their advice, particularly in the way they roll over, like, I don't know the right description, but it isn't very flattering, to Omar and to Bush and to AOC and to people who agree that Israel should be starved to death, to me, their uh, advice is irrelevant the thing that's interestingly interesting is just how cowardly representative Adam Schiffler Schiff is and Eric Swalwell and uh, people like that in not speaking out against them and of course, the guy who is the uh, coward in chief is none other than our senator uh, Mr. Sunday because he appears on Sunday for press conferences. Uh, Schumer, who's done very little for New York, but screw it, so he could be majority, minority, or whatever the heck he is. We'll be back in just a few moments to follow up on uh, Schumer and some of the other lovelies.
2: America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani.
1: This is Rudy Giuliani back uh, with you on the Rudy Giuliani Show to make a major announcement. Just as you get to the point where you begin to accept that our society has gone completely bonkers crazy and that there are a whole big segment of lefties out there that probably should join uh, Biden in a nursing home or some other uh, facility that gives them care because they can't take care of themselves, the New York Times (laughs) announces that John Fetterman is one of the 93 most stylish Uh, Addressed Americans. Now, is this, I mean, I actually think this is abusing a disabled person in some ways. And they're making fun of the guy, aren't they? They got to be. His wife says, No, not John Fetterman, recount. Because she so, thinks it's so ridiculous. Uh, A D.C. consultant named Nakama Slovacek says, what's the new york times smoking well in their part of town it could be easily the uh, drugs that adams makes freely available uh where you can also go get um you you can go get your pipes and uh, for free if you want um, i mean this is this exactly what this is in the in the range of woke and and destroying america in terms of american culture uh the story of america uh, the american way of life i don't know but it sure as heck is one major step in that direction of uh ridiculing our our, our country a party mayor makes it also and of course that's that's really all the parties he goes to are really really helpful might be one of the reasons the city uh has um you know, increased crime since he came in, and he did what nobody thought was possible. He actually got the city to commit more crimes than de Blasio did. Nobody thought that was possible. Remember, it it's a heck of an achievement, uh, uh, Adams, and you should be celebrating the way you are for creating more crime in New York City, some of which comes about because you don't know what the hell you are doing. The holidays are here, and it's time to help to make a difference. This holiday season, the Red Apple Audio Network is teaming up with the Tunnel to Towers Foundation for our annual Radiothon. This Thursday, uh, December 15th, from 6 a.m. to noon, help us raise money for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation's Season of Hope. All the money raised will bring hope to America's military and first respond to heroes and their families this holiday season. You don't have to wait till Thursday, Right now, you can donate $11 a month or more at T2TRudyGiulianiShow.com. Happy holidays. And thank you from the Red Apple Audio Network and Tunnel of the Towers. Go to T2T.RudyGiulianiShow.com. T2T.RudyGiulianiShow.com. Do it now. I will be mad at you or unhappy with you or disappointed in you well, something similar similar something similar to that, okay um, Sam bankman freed a little peculiar, right? They arrest him, and he's supposed to testify. he doesn't now you want you want the possibilities there without the inside information. Possibilities are um, took the Fifth Amendment. Possibilities are that he um, that he is he is cooperating, but they're waiting for a, a time when they can have him better prepared to testify. Uh, and the possibilities are that they're treating him as a um, as a Democrat prince because he has so much information on so many Democrats they don't want to they don't want to get him irritated because he's got a lot of names that he can name a lot of celebrities. you see pictures of them helping to promote this a lot of um, a lot of left wing politicians so I think it's too early to tell if the pulling of the switch here is nefarious or it's just normal law enforcement they didn't have anybody ready yet for him so let's go to Allison in New Jersey. Hi Mr. Giuliani, how are Hi, you? Hi Allison, how have you been? I've been
2: great. I wanted to talk about political persecution.
1: Please, go ahead. And,
2: well, I don't want to get too religious. You know my religious affiliation. Uh-huh. But there was I did go to mass this morning. It's the feast of St. Lucy and in the communion uh it there was a passage that reminded me of you. Really? Um <laughs> Yes, I texted it to you right after Mass. You don't oh, read my okay. text messages? <laughs> anyway, it, I, I wanted to read it on the radio, and I do not want to conflate American politics with anything in the Roman Catholic Missal or the Bible or religion or anything like that. But this is true today, and it says, Princes have persecuted me without cause, and my heart hath been in all of thy words. I will rejoice at thy words as one that hath found great spoil. And of everybody I know personally, huh. there is nobody that I know who's been more abused than you.
1: Well, uh, thank you, thank you for uh, the empathy, thank you for the prayers. Uh, I never, I never, uh, <laughs> I'm not, I never turn down prayers. I certainly am in need of them, and I, 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 I do have to say that um, that you can always find others that have been been through worse than, than you've been through. Uh, I won't minimize what they put me through, but I, 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 there are others that I feel even sorry for. And I guess the other reason I don't feel as sorry for myself as I might is I'm pretty good at absorbing it. And some other people aren't. Some other people have difficulties absorbing this kind of thing. And I, I'm i not saying it doesn't bother me sometimes, but it doesn't bother me the way it would bother you know, some other people. I, I think the tragedy of it is, they're wearing people down uh, just think of how many people will not represent Donald Trump because if you get, represent him, you get tortured now that should be something that liberals are concerned about if they're liberals, but they're not they're phonies but thank you, Allison, and thank you for bringing it up and we'll we'll be we'll be we'll be talking we'll be talking to you during this season because there's no one that has better observations on it. On religion than you do. Uh, let's uh, let's see if we can uh, fo- focus for a moment on something else that really that really um, that really tru- um, troubles me, and that and that is all of the advice being given now to Republicans as to how you know they uh, can run and win in the future, as if the election was a cookie cutter. And uh, the and the reality and the reality is that it isn't. What I mean by that is that each one of these uh, races had different little quirks to them, and they weren't all the same. They all had different um, things that got the race to go Democrat, got the race to go Republican. Uh, to say immediately that we should uh, argue that all Republicans go out and vote early. I agree with that, but to put the emphasis on it like that would have made the ultimate difference in the election is a little bit early. I don't know if it would, and I don't really know psychologically what we're running up against if we try to get Republicans to vote early. Republicans have a very traditional view of voting. They say to themselves, you know, Election Day, that's the time to vote. They also have an instinctual fear that it is much easier to compromise the early vote than the later vote because, first of all, it's around longer. There's more of an opportunity to get to it. You can't get to the other vote, but for that 24-hour period, that reduces the amount of of, uh, of, of danger that there is. Uh, number two, there are far few people who get their hands on it or have it available. I mean, there are a whole host of reasons why if you can stretch an election out. There are a lot more opportunities to mess around with these ballots, look at them, get a look at them. Look look at this whole notice and cure thing in Pennsylvania. I mean, we're arguing it now with the Bar Association. But in Pennsylvania, they allowed the the Democratic counties, if you didn't do a correct mail-in vote, they would call you in and let you correct it. Now, that necessarily is going to implicate the secrecy of the ballot. You know that some of these people... When they look at the mistakes that are made, they're going to take a little peek inside the ballot to see who they voted for. And then the excessively partisan ones of them will call back to people that favor their candidate, but not the ones that don't, which is essentially what happened here, because they allowed noticing cure in Democrat counties, but not in Republican counties, which should have been a ground for a new election. But in the case of a purchased owned locked up Philadelphia, Republicans don't have a voice there. (laughs) They may not even have a good chance of living there nowadays. Well, nobody has a good chance of living there because under super left-wing Democrat Soros and Krasner, the DA, who all the Democrat politicians of uh, Philadelphia uh, support on the record and behind the scenes, they want to throw them out. Drasner is their brag, except he, he's been there longer, and he's given them two years of record homicides. So uh, if, if you want to reform this place, meaning the U.S., you want to get it back to accountable government rather than Tammany Hall, Democrat politics, it's time for a change to a party that has, yes, 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 its own set of problems, but of a far lesser extent much easier to deal with, and a much stronger record of dealing with these problems in the past. It's the Republican Party that's always been the party of enforcement. It's the Democrat Party that's been the party of chaos. That's just true of the two political parties. You look at the crackdown on the large corporations at the turn of the century. That was a Republican, Teddy Roosevelt, right? You look at the real crackdown on the financial industry, After, During and after the Depression, it really was LaGuardia, as well as the crackdown on unfair labor practices. That was LaGuardia. You look at the crackdown on organized crime. You look at the crackdown on uh, uh, corrupt politicians. You uh, you look at the expanded, first the creation, and then the expanded use of racketeering for white-collar crime, major white-collar crimes major political corruption, that was a Republican, yours truly. And we can go on and on. We don't, we don't feel this constraint that the government creates the crimes. Uh, the government uh, should be prosecuting the crimes fairly, not just the crimes of alleged white supremacists, but the uh, people who are mugging and beating and killing people in record numbers now because of their pro-criminal attitude of the Democrat Party. They almost all universally endorse letting people out with no bail, which um, means that half of them go out and commit the crimes they were committing. Recidivism is a massive, massive illness or massive, massive social phenomenon that um, you can only really understand if you're a cop or or a prosecutor and you see it. Under circumstances that are amazing, the person was there just a the day before and was crying and didn't want to go to jail, and then they would commit the same thing all over again. So he end up. He hopes he gets a different prosecutor or a different judge. So that's why things are organized the way they are, the way they are, um, the way they are organized. So not only are we looking at a government shutdown again. Uh, we're looking at a massive, massive increase in the number of people who come in illegally. You say to yourself, "How can we take any more?" We just set two records in a row. We set two records in a row of illegal immigrants coming in and declaring themselves, and are taking them on specious claims of political persecution, uh, which do not apply to ninety to ninety-five percent of them. And then number two, we're putting them in a in a in a category. We're putting them into a category where they can gain uh, citizenship here or abroad. Now, we don't even know who we're dealing with here. And I think this is going to create unbelievable problems for us. We have problems already. This will just make those problems much, much worse. You cannot have a country without a border. Let's go to Dave in Westchester. Um, hello. Hello, Dave. How are you? Hi, Rudy. Just to say I'm a big fan and appreciate all you do. Not just this show, but, I mean, all the stuff you've done and you're putting up with. But And I know it's for our country, and I appreciate that. God but West- anyway, um, the reason I called is I, I just to give my opinion. I don't know if you, you said this at some point. Uh, the crypto bandit uh, Freed, he's too big internationally, not just the United States. Uh, I think they're going to off him. If, if... Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, 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 I can't, I don't know. You know, I know this, this is not a case where I have um, particularly strong law enforcement sources or background. Some, some of them I know almost as well as I knew them when I was a U.S. attorney. Some of them I don't. This is one where I'm working on my instincts from the outside, and my instincts are, are, are with you. Uh, number one, at the level of money he was operating, the level of society, he's got some really, really dynamite information. I don't know what it is. <laughs> you don't either probably, but you can guess, right? Um, number number two, doesn't he strike you as a guy you could crack out. Just you and me talking, you know, this is what we used to do. You know, you, you arrest people and you start looking at, there are five of them, right? And they're all about equally as guilty. They're never all as equally as guilty, but they're all in the same category. And, you know, you, you, you want to take your first shot at the guy you have the best chance of cracking because when you fail to crack one, it becomes harder to crack another. It isn't as if you have an equal chance against all five because they begin to develop morale when the first one stands up, right? So um, a very important thing for a prosecutor is having a good instinct to figure out which is my first – who's the most vulnerable here? This guy fits all that criteria. He's a weakling kind of guy. He's a guy who lives off uh, off these uh, very, very um, silly analogies that allow him to – to do do what he's, you know, he's, he's taking care of the poor. He's giving the money to the Democrat Party. <laughs> well, we're going to take a short break. And with that, what a perfect time to break for the Mayor's Thoughts.
2: Rudy Giuliani. Former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani.
1: Time for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Mayor's Final Thoughts. This is Rudy Giuliani with the Mayor's Final Thoughts. Brought to you by Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. Donate $11 a month to T2T.org, Tunnel to Towers, and they will use that money to build a smart home for uniform members who are catastrophically wounded, lose, lose their arms, their legs, and find it impossible to move around their own homes and need the help of their children and their wives and caregivers. And a lot of these things they can do for themselves, and boy, does it lift their spirit? so for twenty bucks a month, well, put in twenty bucks a month, come on, frank 's got to do an inflation increase at some time frank hey, we got to do an ele- le- uh, an increase, but okay, eleven dollars a month get it while it while it's <laughs> while it's hot while the offer's hot, okay, put in your eleven dollars a month before january one twenty twenty three we don't don't wait until next year, okay. Get it, get it in, get it in, get it in, get it in, get it in. Let's take uh, line five, because I want to answer this question. Mark, ask a question. Hello. bet.
2: Oh, hi. Sir. Hi, Frank. You were talking earlier about the Mark. Republicans' major- uh, majority going to vote on election day. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's right. And I notice a lot of states, they're taking like a week or two weeks after election day to, to count. They're saying they're counting the mail-in. Mail. Yeah, right. But to me, to me... They're going to, they know the number that they need on Election Day because um, majority of Republicans vote on that day. And that extra time just gives them extra time to get whatever number they need. So I'm wondering if you know why why they can't do count the mail-in ballots like before, the day before Election Day or get them counted before Election Day so that – they can't stick anything in after election day, you know. Well, what I'm you know, saying? that's really it's a very
1: good question, but let's 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 look at the facts here because this is the biggest bunch of phony BS you've ever heard. You don't need three weeks to count ballots. France car- counted all its ballots in eight hours. New York counted all its ballots in twelve hours, Florida counted all its ballots in twelve hours. Um whereas California took four what, five, six, seven, eight days. Arizona counted all all its ballots after the Democrats won, until the Democrats won. Uh, Georgia very often does the same thing. They count until the Democrat wins. Uh, Ballots can be counted in, all the ballots in a state of 8 million people can be counted overnight, as they were in New York. A few problems here, a few problems there. You put them aside, not in the main election. So it's done so they can catch up. That's why it's done, been done that way for generations. There's no other reason for it. Don't be a fool. There's Rudy Giuliani tomorrow morning. God bless America. Thank you, God, for making me an American. Talk to you tomorrow. The mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani.